welcome to this week's Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stack in here alongside my good friend and co-host of this podcast and the, also the uh, sports director at KORN Radio there in Mitchell, as well as the uh, host of Taking Time with Travis, the podcast. Uh, it's none other than Travis Crins. Travis, how we doing? Pretty good. It's uh, a slower week, which is nice. Yes. Uh, yes, and you enjoying your off-season. Yeah, kind of in between time, a lot of postseason basketball awards and stuff. Uh, so, oh, there's some baseball. We got one baseball next Thursday. That, that's, that's good stuff. So, yeah, and we got the Emerald Yes, yes. The final four is set in both the men and the women. Uh, we have a winter storm potentially here for folks in Minnesota and the upper Midwest. So, that's a, that's a lovely way to end. March, and we also have some significant Twins news, I think, or somewhat significant, and that's where I want to first begin here. We had the we, Carlos Correa signing last week, which was great, and um, I can't remember. Did we talk before that Carlos Correa signing happened? I don't think so. Did we? about it last week. We did, okay. It, it, the, the weeks are all getting blended together, but there is more news with the Twins because they signed Chris Archer. Uh, former pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays. It's a very minimal risk, like one year, three and a half million with like, he can make upwards of like six million in incentives. And I think there's what, a mutual $10 million option I saw. I, I just can't however. What's that? Jesus Christ, and that's. It, it's, it's very minimal. But if this, I remember Chris Archer from, you know, playing with Tampa Bay. This adds another piece to the starting rotation for the Twins. And the Twins, like, yes, they aren't going all in with, like, getting the best of the best, but they're getting significant pieces between Sonny Gray and, and uh, you know, Archer and, and whatnot. And, of course, the signing of Carlos Correa. How big of a piece, how big of an addition is Archer to the Twins? Not very much at all. Oh, rats. I thought this was bigger. No, he... Five years ago would have been nice, but he's what he pitched nineteen innings last year no. for Tampa Bay. Came back after. You look at the trade that sent him to Pittsburgh, and Tampa Bay got a boatload. What ended up being a boatload of folks for him, so they just Tampa Bay won that trade many times over. So I think he's just not been good for a while. He's been hurt, and even when he's not been hurt, he's not been good. So this is another. When they did it, I'm like, I don't like this at all. This is another old guy that wasn't any good, that was good a while ago, and they're hoping that he finds something here this year. So this is just, this is a warm body to fill out the rotation, which, you know, Johnny Cueto is out there, and I guess this is better than him, since I guess Archer is younger than him. Um, Johnny Cueto's 36, and this just should be about it for him. But, yeah, very minimal, three, three and a half million dollars with incentives. So, hopefully he can stay healthy and be, if he was just an average pitcher, I think that would be great. He could just be, you know, just average. Average, give him 100 innings, I think that should be, that would be amazing if he could do that. Because I don't have, I don't have very high expectations for him at all. It's just another in a long line of one-year old guys that used to be good five years ago that they've that they done in the past couple Okay. Well, then the next time that I see a move here, I'm going to wait to get my excitement going here. 
until I talk and with you. Those Oakland pictures that I wanted, and I'm sure they wanted that. That just didn't happen. The two pictures from Oakland. Maybe we got one of those guys, and yeah, I would have been excited. Like, all right, that's that's a solid pitcher, an mm-hmm. above average pitcher. But you know, Chris Archer is a guy, and hopefully, you know, hopefully, he does well. But I, I, I don't have any any expectations at all for him. Okay. By the way, it's really it's really weird to see the Guardians logo instead of the Indians logo. It's like yeah, the the two big sports changes: the Guardians, which I think is, you know, is just a terrible name, and the Washington Commanders. Yeah, which is awful. It is. Of all the names you could pick, those are just those are just really bad. I think. Yeah, and they it's kind of like uh, Vanderbilt uh, paying a Boston marketing firm like hundreds if not millions hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars to revamp their logo with just a stupid looking v taking away the star well they they put the star on it afterward because i think they realized that people hated it um it's just dumb like there's there again you 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 make you you hire these firms you hire these marketing uh establishments of companies to try and come up with something good and then people just shit all over it because it's terrible so Matt, Matt, we're on it. thank you Minnesota company yes. well, we'll, we'll, we'll always take some South Dakota money here and there because uh, yeah why not uh, I can tell you though I am really excited for the final four for the men's final four especially uh, because we get to see history here with UNC against Duke for the first time ever in the NCAA tournament. These two storied and historic programs are going to meet. And last week was just an like, the Elite Eight, not great uh, on Sunday, especially with blowout wins by UNC and then Kansas. Uh, Duke, Arkansas wasn't great. Houston, Villanova, very low scoring. So the Elite Eight wasn't fantastic. The Sweet 16, though, was very good. You saw St. Peter's make it to the Elite Eight, the first 15 seed ever to make it to the Elite Eight. You had uh, Villanova top Michigan, Kansas edge Providence. Uh, Of course, Arkansas upsetting Gonzaga in a what-the-hell game. And then Duke and Texas Tech with a phenomenal game. Duke once again coming back from being down in the second half. So the Sweet 16 definitely delivered. The Elite Eight did not. But now we are set up for what I think is a very good Final Four, especially that one matchup featuring Duke against UNC. We've given Gonzaga enough chances. They're now in the category of I can never pick them again. Yep, I agree. I mean, they just didn't play very well in this tournament at all. So that was just fun to see. Um... I hope I got. I hope North Carolina wins. I'm excited about it. I, I don't think they are, but you know, I don't like Duke. I don't like their coach. So hopefully somebody on that other side can beat Duke, or maybe North Carolina will. So I'm on the big team. Like North Carolina, if, if they could win that game, that's bigger than a national title. Yes. Yes. They, I mean, they, they beat they beat them at Duke a month ago. Yep. They'll, they'll always have that. The last home game ever. Um, and they beat Duke. So, I mean, if they could beat them in the Final Four, it doesn't matter what they do on Monday night. If they could beat Duke, that, that's, that's, I, 
Anthony Edwards more than an actual title somehow. Absolutely. But, you can always hang that over Duke's uh, head then forevermore. Like, hey, in Coach K's last game he ever coached, he lost to you. Uh, he lost to us. Like, I mean, you know, that's that's how he ends his coaching career. A loss to arch rival UNC in the final four. UNC denies him a chance at a national championship. That is, yeah, I, it's very rare when we say that a win that's not a championship win holds more significance or holds more clout, but I agree with you. As much as it would be great to see UNC win it all, win another national championship, yes, beating Duke in the final four, Again, considering it's the first time ever that these two storied programs are meeting in the NCAA tournament, but more so just the ramifications with it being Coach K and and whatnot. Yes, it holds far more significance than and than a national championship. It is amazing they've never met before, considering how often they've been there and how often they've been in the Final Four. But yeah, that's it's about as good as it gets. So. I mean, what, uh, Carolina's an eight seed, so that makes it, what, eight out of nine years or been a yep. seven seed or higher in the Final Four. So we were looking for that team. A guy in Loyola Chicago has the team, and they didn't get off the ground at all. Mm-hmm. So it ended up being North Carolina. So. Yeah, I'll be curious to look at it next year and see what team – can go on that run. I mean, we almost had it with St. Peter's, but the the magic, the the clock struck midnight for them. They just petered out. They just couldn't. Yeah, (laughs) petered out very good. They, uh, I mean, to win on National Peacock Day was simply splendid for them to beat Purdue Friday night. Uh, Purdue, uh, once again, they shit the bed. Uh, This is by far, I think, uh, the has to be a big disappointment for Purdue considering they had Final Four aspirations, national championship aspirations going into the season. Like, that's what everyone was talking about. And then for you to have that golden opportunity of getting to the Elite Eight, uh, it, it should have been a walk-in uh, uh, for them, a shoe-in. And, no, they, they couldn't beat St. Peter's. So that is incredibly disappointing for them. And all on the other side, it's incredibly disappointing for Villanova that they lose, what, Justin Moore uh, to a, a torn Achilles in the final minute of that game against Houston. Uh, it wasn't like he wasn't needed on the floor like this was well in hand. And this, I mean, it's a freak injury regardless. But, I mean, it was only a four-point game. So he needed to be on the floor at that time. So don't look at, like, don't blame Jay Wright for having him on the floor. They're in a meaningless situation. But I look at Villanova here, and I, I don't, I had him in the final four at the beginning of the season. I should have stuck with my gut and trusted it uh, when we were making our picks. They're the best free-throw shooting team in the country. But the loss of Moore, I think, is significant. And with the way Kansas played in that second half against Miami in the Elite Eight, outscoring them 46 to 15 or 47 to 15, they can channel that against the, uh, this Villanova squad. I think Kansas wins fairly easily, only in, in large part just because of that injury. And with Villanova not having a lot of depth and not being at full strength, I think that really hurts them. Yeah, and in Kansas, I mean, I had Kansas Villanova. On the other side, I had Gonzaga, Kentucky. So this felt like a very, a very tough year to to pick to pick the bracket the way it ended up. And I had Gonzaga, Kansas, and again, Kansas is one of those teams that I never trust. 
Mm-hmm. And they could very well get there, and maybe they win the whole thing this year. Um, but if I felt like Kansas, they've had a pretty easy run. Yes. You know, first half against Miami, they weren't very good. And they played, what was it, Creighton? And they almost lost to Creighton, yep. was and, it? Yep, and then they, they blew a double-digit lead to Providence in the Sweet 16 and trailed by one before making a run late. So they've kind of they've gotten gotten by sometimes, and they've shown that they flex their muscles at other times. So it's and and St. Peter's that's the best run anybody's ever gone on. That's the biggest you know upset of well, George Mason made the Final Four as an 11 seed. Yep. But I mean St. Peter's we talked about it last week of you know they beat Kentucky and it felt like just a, maybe the biggest 15 to two upset there's ever been. Mm-hmm. And then, and then they beat Purdue. Probably they, they were the best team in the Big Ten. So they beat the best SEC team. They beat the best uh, Big Ten team this year. Yep. Yeah. And that's remarkable that they did, did what they did. And now their coach is off to Seton Hall, and we'll probably never hear from St. Peter's again. So what a it was. It was a pretty good run. Yeah. Well, and they beat a two-loss Murray State team that a lot of people really liked. Um, Myself included. So that is it. Is a significant run, and we should remember it. We we should applaud it. We should applaud them for the run. And yeah, it is truly one of the greatest uh, runs that we've seen in the NCAA tournament here. Just given the seeding, given given their athletic budget, given everything, uh, in regarding the team and regarding the school and who they had to face. And yeah, St. Peter's definitely deserves. Our applause. Uh, a couple other notes here. Uh, I gotta wonder. I gotta think CBS is just livid that the Final Four is on TBS this year because of UNC and Duke. Like that's gonna get monster ratings. This is could be the the most watched call the collegiate basketball game in well over a decade. Don't we think? Like this is gonna draw mega eyeballs. Yeah, whatever it is for a semifinal, it should be significant. Maybe twenty million, somewhere around there, maybe. Five at least, yep. Yeah, so this is, yeah, it's on TBS, which is unfortunate for for that aspect. But TBS, they gotta be excited. Hey, we're gonna get one of the biggest non-football audiences of the year. We're gonna, you know, outdraw every baseball game. Mm-hmm. Outdraw probably almost any NBA game this year. So. It'll be interesting to see, and the championship may get even more, I don't know, Monday night, maybe not. But we'll see where this ranks as far as you know, non-football things. This could be maybe the biggest, you know, top two or three audiences all year long. Yeah, well, I, th- I think so. Just, again, given, given that it's Coach K's last run, given the rivalry, I mean, this is... You can put UNC Duke men's basketball up up there with Ohio State Michigan football, along with Yankees Red Sox in baseball, along with uh, I mean, it's I would say it's probably those three in terms of biggest rivalries in in sports. So this is a very this is not insignificant by any stretch, and I don't think we can overstate enough just how. Big of a game this is, again, given that it's Coach K's final season, given that it's the first time that they that these teams have met before in the NCAA tournament. So I expect there to be mega numbers, not to be confused with MAGA, uh, but mega numbers, mega eyeballs watching this 
one, and I would I hope that the game is close because the closer it is, the more people are going to watch rather than you know tune out if it's a 15, 20 point lead for either team, say in the second half. I hope North Carolina wins. I don't care what type of game it is. I hope they win. Me too. I haven't been nearly as big of a North Carolina fan, but I'll be excited on Saturday. And, and Davis and Love, their two guards, have been great in this tournament. So whether or not they win or not, hopefully this reignites my you know, North Carolina fandom a little bit going into next season if those guys come back or if one of them come back, I kind of know who the hell's on this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got the big guy down low, so some names that maybe maybe come back, we'll see. Yeah, Armando so, Baycott's been great. Uh, as you mentioned, Davis and Love have been really good. And I wish, you know, like if, you know, thinking back to it a few weeks ago when we were making the picks and we were, you know, picking Baylor and you looked at UNC, it's like, okay, where was this consistency from UNC throughout the season? Like you just couldn't trust them. You, there are a lot of teams that you couldn't trust. And uh, so I'm not entirely surprised by UNC's run, but it's, just it's I guess more frustrating and maddening because it's like okay where has this been all season long I mean for goodness sakes they lost at home to Pittsburgh yeah there's a couple games that were bad losses but in there I thought they were kind of underrated all year long I think early on in the year they they lost some games but they weren't bad losses and they weren't ranked in the top twenty five so for whatever reason people people didn't the voters didn't like them I'm not. Anyway, I just they, they got probably the worst one seed there was there right. was in Baylor and really blew them out in portions of that game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's good to see North Carolina. They they go on these runs every once in a while. I think it was it was it was early on when I was watching. They were an eight seed. I think they made the Final Four in like two thousand one. I think and yeah, they they do that every once in a while. Also, uh, Ben Lieber, former Vikings linebacker, he's on K Fan. He he he's does a like you know he's on the radio broadcast team. He had a very bad tweet uh, about how oh he had heard there was so much uh, parody in college basketball this year, and look at the Final Four that we have here: you know, Duke, UNC, you know, Kansas, Villanova, blah blah blah. What what happened here? Like it's just a terrible take. Because, yes, while we do get four Blue Bloods in the Final Four, this tournament has been anything but chalk. And, you know, considering the fact that UNC is in eight seed this year, and, you know, just looking at the at everything in totality, there was one one seed that made it to the Elite Eight and subsequently the Final Four. So we've had tons of chaos and upsets here. So for Lieber to tweet this out and say, where's the parody? Or I thought this was supposed to be the year of the underdog that any one of like 20 teams could win. It's like, okay, shut up, dude. You, you probably need to stick to what you know because that's that's not an educated tweet by any stretch. And on the women's side, I heard so much shit about the parody now of women's basketball. Now this is so much better because there's more teams that can win. And it's like, well, then we end up with the same teams. It's it's four one seeds in UConn in, in the women's side. And there were two 10 seeds that made the Sweet 16, which usually doesn't happen. But, yeah, I mean, you can maybe have a little bit of both where there are certain teams that go on runs. But in the end... 
you know, it's it's your top two seeds that get there. So, I mean, with so many games, you can probably have a little bit of both to where, you know, you got an eight seed in there, you got a 15 seed making a run, but you also got a couple one seeds. Well, you have, there at the end. So yeah, you, can, have, you have a one, two twos, and an eight. I mean, it's, again, only one one seed even made it to an Elite Eight game. Yeah, so that was very So I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, there's a lot of teams that could have made the, uh, I mean, Houston could have made it. Uh, Texas could have made it. Texas Tech could have made it if they could have hung on yeah. and beat Duke. Exactly. Could have. So there's a lot of teams out there that probably could have made a run, but um, in the end, it was it was some of those those top seeds. And just for next year, like I always forget. Although next year, you know, be on the lookout for this, be on the lookout for that, and things change every year. Yep. But like next year, I got to remind myself just to take. Just take certain teams that I like. Like, don't so much look at the seeds. Because mm-hmm. I didn't like Auburn, but I picked them to win three. Yep. I should have picked. I should have picked Miami to win a few. And I have trouble with those toss-up games picking one of those teams to move on far because I don't know if they're going to win their first game. Right. So I'm pretty sure Auburn's going to win at least one. So. And Houston. I mean, they they played well for a while now. Yep. Yeah. And, I mean, Arizona was a fucking joke. Yeah, I think... I mean, yeah. Yeah, I agree. They, they put up a lot of points, but when it came down to it, I mean, they were... They were just, no. Just, no. I mean, and that's ridiculous. I mean, everybody, everybody was picking Arizona. Some people pick them to win the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, myself included. It's like, I haven't seen them play. People that seen them play must like them. It doesn't compute with me. It must look impressive, but you got to figure the conference they play in, so... Yep. Oh, absolutely. It's like, it kind of like now... <laughs> You know, you can almost anticipate Villanova making it to at least the Elite Eight, if not the Final Four. Now, I don't know how next year's going to look because Colin Gillespie is a senior and and whatnot, but I'm sure Jay Wright will regroup, he'll retool, and he'll get in. Arkansas is a team to really watch out for next year because they have three guys in the top 20 uh, in their recruiting class, so that is significant. But, I mean, we've seen teams load up before like Duke and Kentucky and not, not advance, so uh, that's... Interesting. And also, just one other note on this Duke-UNC game. This is arguably the most anticipated Final Four game ever, certainly uh, other than uh, I've seen Wisconsin-Kentucky from 2015, the year that Kentucky was undefeated and Wisconsin took them out. Uh, So there there are very few Final Four games that have as much hype surrounding them as this UNC-Duke game. You mentioned all those other rivalries. For, for, for me, this is the best one. Mm-hmm. Yankees, Red Sox, that's tired. Yep. Um, you've got... Because this one always delivers. I think Michigan's been all right, but Ohio State's you know, pretty much dominated that for the past 10 years. Yep. Well, I mean, this one, I mean, North Carolina's won some national titles. Duke has not won many in a while. And also, it sucks that you know, they haven't been there in a while. And all of this last year, and they get there. So, well, they're very. It's very even throughout the years in terms of the win loss and and everything. And they're 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 good year in and year out. So, yeah, yeah this, should, this should be a great game. Yes. This is this is what you hope for. Hopefully, the game delivers. There've been a lot of good. Final four games last few years. 
Uh, I don't know how good this one's going to be, but I mean, the build up to it, it's it's as big as it can get. Yes, no doubt. Uh, you mentioned the women's tournament, and I want to spend a few minutes talking about that. This we saw one of the greatest games, uh, a classic between UConn and. North Carolina State on Monday night. It was a double overtime thriller in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Um, the, it's the first double overtime game in Elite Eight history on the women's side. And UConn ultimately prevailed because Paige Beckers went on an 8-0 run by herself and pretty much you know, kind of put the game away. But there was a game-tying three by North Carolina State in the first overtime with under a second to go. Or was it the first... It was at the end of regulate. No, no, it was at the end of the first overtime. But this, these two teams went back and forth. It just sucks for North Carolina State that they had to play in Bridgeport, considering they were the one seed. And I mean, that's a stone's throw away from stores where the University of Connecticut is located at. It's bad. It's a bad look for women's basketball. I think I get it. You want fans to be in attendance for these games. You want full arenas because it looks better on paper. There's more energy in the building. But we might come to the point now where it's like, okay, stop catering to UConn. If their fans want to travel, they'll travel. You can't – you can do this if they're a one seed. That's fine. But if they're not a one seed or a two seed, you, you got to give preference or more uh, – you, you got to give the, the one seed, the higher seed, the more favorable geographic treatment – and North Carolina State got robbed here, jobbed by that. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't pick them for the Final Four. I picked UConn is specifically because of the geography and them playing so close to home. That was a great game. Saw the end of it there. Saw the end of regulation. That was a good game. Um, I think Marcus is going to Minneapolis this weekend for that, so that should be... Yeah. That I should, should be good. I they should, should have him pick me up uh, a uh, like a Final Four pullover, like my uh, men's Final Four. You you like your polos, so maybe he can find them for you. I mean, it would be interesting to see what the difference is for the Final Four in Minneapolis. Like, because we walked around and it was like everything was Final Four this and Final Four that. Mm-hmm. And I was I don't know if they've always done this, but the the championship games on Sunday, so there's a quick turnaround from. Monday night to Friday night, so I mean, there's not much time there to right. get ready for those games. So it would be interesting to see the difference between you know a women's final four and a men's final four, and the interest in that. Your friend Dom Izzo, who I don't like at all, sent out a tweet saying he prefers the women's tournament to the men's tournament. Thinks it's more exciting. Thinks it's better play. He said something about how it's the players on the court that decided or the quality of play decides it or something, whatever. And, of course, people disagreed with him vehemently. So maybe he does like the women's tournament more. And I'm sure there's people out there mm-hmm. that do. But, I mean, you know, it's, it's a bit ridiculous. Yes. And, and, then he, and then he had to send out a tweet saying, oh, there was a strong reaction to this. I wonder why. Well, the answer doesn't have to do with anything with, with your gender. It's just, I mean, it's just, do you want to watch women's basketball or men's basketball? Everything being equal, uh, people are going to pick men. It's just, it's just how it works. Yeah. I mean, I mean there, I there, there are going to be 20 million people watching that UNC game, and I don't know how many, maybe there'll be, you know, four or five million watching that UConn 
Louisville game. I mean, there was just a four or five times difference between the two. Yeah, and a lot of like missed layups and and you know, I mean, I just think back to South Carolina beating Howard at one point, forty-four to four at the half. I mean, that's. That's not great, and especially if you come down to the same five or six teams routinely year in and year out. Uh, South Carolina, and he kept and he kept saying, "Oh, how more competitive the women are." And it's like I don't know, maybe. But I mean, great games for the women. I can't. I mean, I didn't pay too much attention to it. Creighton went on a good run. Mm-hmm. USD had a good upset. Yes. Um, yeah, Creighton I mean, made it to the Elite Eight. They beat I Iowa was, State in Sweet Sixteen. You look at the men's side. I mean, there, there were some great games there mm-hmm. on the men's side, too. So, in totality, I mean, 90% of the people, I think, would prefer the men's tournament. So, he did that. He got a good reaction for it, as I'm sure what, what he likes. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, probably. Uh, so, South Carolina's in there. Stanford is in there. And Louisville. So, we have three ones and a two. In Minneapolis, semifinals are on Friday. Championship game is on Sunday. I... I've picked South Carolina all along. Uh, I'm going to take South Carolina over U- uh, over Stanford. I think Stanford's going to beat UConn. I think even though you know, like you got Paige Beckers from Minnesota, so that I think will will help. It's kind of a homecoming for her of sorts, and her, her, also her other teammate, Adiz uh, Fuzi or whatever her name is. Uh, she's also from the the Twin Cities area, so. That will be good for them. They'll have a lot of fans and uh, the family and friends in attendance. I'm still going to take Stanford, though. I think they're better. I'm going to take South Carolina. I'm going to take South Carolina to beat uh, to beat Stanford because they have the best player in the in the game, and her name is what, uh, Leah Boston, right? Uh, she's very very good. I believe you. And if you're on the women's side, like you want to see those teams. Mm-hmm. You don't want to see Michigan in there as good as they were. You don't want to see Michigan in there. You want to see South Carolina and Louisville. You want to see this, these these top teams. You know, Creighton had a great run. You don't want to see Creighton in there. No, you want you want to see uh, the top teams. Like I don't I don't give a shit about Duke. I don't want to see Duke. I don't like Duke. So it's okay if they're not in there. I don't like Arizona. I don't want Arizona in there or Kansas. If Kansas missed it, that'd be great. I like North Carolina. That'd be fun. Uh, a couple of other schools I don't care about. So, different on the men's side. The women's side, you want those one or two seeds because that's really all anybody cares about. Uh, Ozzy Fudd. Uh, uh, no, she's from Arlington, Virginia. Who am I thinking of that was from Minneapolis? Regardless. Macy, I think of Macy Michelson. Was, uh, no, I was not thinking of Macy Michelson. Uh, from Marshall. Marshall. Mar- Marshall in a winter weather advisory tonight, so. Oh, you're in a winter weather advisory now, huh? No, Marshall. Marshall is. Oh, Marshall. Marshall. Oh, okay. So maybe uh, maybe uh, St. Cloud will be here, too. I'm going to have to get that updated here. What county? What county are you? Stearns County. Stearns County. All right. Yes. I don't know who, well, good. who I was thinking of from UConn. I thought there was someone else. But... Also, Paige Becker's a great player. They kept showing her mom. Yeah. Like, why? I... I don't know. I quit. What? What? Okay. You show your parents, your mom. Show her once or twice. All right. Quit showing her. I don't care. She has the free throw line. Yeah, she makes every free throw. She's great. Quit showing the mom. I don't care what the mom's reaction is. Once they see it a couple times, I get the point. They kept showing the mom. Like quit. I don't care. Like a split screen while she's at the free throw line. 
Like, does she have cancer? Is I, she a former player? I, I don't know. It's just it's, like it's quit famous, showing her. It's the famous player's mom. Also, okay, so I was watching Texas and Stanford on Sunday in the midst of uh, you know just and then you know of course there was this whole Chris Rock. Um, uh, Will Smith debacle here at the Oscars, but I was watching Texas and Stanford a little bit on on Sunday night, and they showed um, uh, uh, was it Sonia Curry, Steph's, Steph's mother. Apparently, okay. she is the godmom to one of the players on Stanford, and so she was sitting along with uh, with what I assume the the gal's mom, and then also Russell Wilson was there. I have no idea why Russell Wilson is at this game. I, I, this is what Stanford in Texas. Where's this yes, game at? This game was in Spokane. Um, I guess because it's close to Seattle. I guess I, I, I don't. Know. I, I get, but like I don't like. Where's the connection to to Stan or to to either of these teams, I mean, I, like, shouldn't he be in Denver? Shouldn't he be, like, shouldn't he be working out with Jerry Judy and and company there at the Broncos? I, I didn't get it. I, I swear it was Russell Wilson. It, it looked, if not, he has a doppelganger. It, it had to have been him. Yeah, close to Seattle, I guess. Uh, taking a game, I guess. Ian Eagle and Jim Smarco, they're, they're good. They probably won't get the credit they deserve for doing these games. No, they're very good, yep. Brian Eagle went a little bit overboard with the Caleb Love puns when Caleb Love was going crazy against UCLA on Friday night. It was Love. It's like you do a couple of them, and all right, we 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 get it. His last name's Love. I think the game where the game was in Philadelphia. We we get it. Yep. <laughs> That's another thing. After about two or three, all right, quit quit saying things like that. And then he had a great game. So that was a little annoying, and he's usually not somebody that is like that. Yep. Yes, indeed. Well, uh, yeah, that's um, – they they're still very good. Him and Jim Spinarkle, I like Brian Anderson and uh, Jim Jackson or whatever doing those games. Um, so very, very good there. So uh, the final four is set on both the men's and the women's side, but there is other news here. Uh, and also congr- – the. Coming from a jackrabbit, that's it's always tough. But congratulations to USD for their run through to the Sweet 16. They gave Michigan a hell of a game. Uh, they were it was very close throughout. Michigan ultimately prevailed by three. Uh, USD fans, they might not uh, you know shell out at the Premier Center, but they certainly came and packed the place in in Wichita. So that was good to see the support there. Uh, and it's, it's historically, it's a Sweet 16, and it's very close. You know, Vermilion to Wichita's got to be, what, maybe five hours, six hours tops? I mean, you should... Oh, yeah, maybe six. Wichita's like almost in Oklahoma. Is it? Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a like a couple. It's like a couple hours from Kansas City, so I would say probably six or seven. Six, okay. But it's still... Let me just... Let me Google it. It's still, it's still relatively drivable distance. So... Yes. I mean, good for them... To be able to, to shell out there and then... And, and, uh, Six and a half hours, 400 miles. Okay. Okay, so I mean, it's still very doable. That's like driving from Sioux Falls to Rapid City. Maybe a little it's more. It's about five hours. Yeah, yeah, maybe a little bit more. But, I mean, it's it's doable. And so good yeah. for USD fans for doing that. And then also, SDSU played a fantastic game against Alabama in the... Um, quarterfinals of the women's uh, NIT tournament. And this game was, I mean, it was like 
I mean, SDSU was up by 16 or 20 points in the middle, like towards the end of the first quarter, early second quarter. Then Alabama comes and blitzes them in the third quarter. They outscore SDSU 34 to 12. They're up by 10 at one point in the fourth quarter. Then SDSU rallies back. It's just the the, the huge momentum swings in this game, the huge runs. And ultimately, uh, Lindsey Thunick hits a big three. Uh, it just was a great game to to watch with the runs, uh, like I said, very significant runs in this game, huge momentum shifts. Uh, but ultimately, SDSU wins seventy eight to seventy three. It sets up a semifinal game on Thursday at Frost against UCLA. Fans keep coming to these games. The attendance keeps rising. It's great to see an SDSU. Uh, they can beat UCLA, then they're going to get either the winner of Seton Hall or uh, Middle Tennessee State. And I got to think that regardless, like if SDSU wins, that championship game is going to be in Brookings because there's going to be a lot of fans there, just like when USD won their women's NIT tournament against Florida Gulf Coast. It was at USD, I believe, because you're going to get more fans. It's going to be a raucous atmosphere. Um, and I would think SDSU would beat either Seton Hall or Middle Tennessee State. But that was just a great game on Sunday. Middle Tennessee State, I think, would be tough. They, they played them years ago, and they beat SDSU pretty good. But that was that was a while ago. If it's Seton Hall, I think they'll host. If it's Middle Tennessee, I think it's going to be close. I think they had about 3,000 people there for one of their games recently and maybe the other night. Well, that was so – they, they went to Toledo to play. Uh-huh. So, which, I, which I was surprised at that they went there because Middle Tennessee is just you know in Murfreesboro that's only about forty five minutes from Nashville and I, I I went there once and mm-hmm. you know they've got they they have good interest in, in women's basketball and they're very they're very good so if it's Middle Tennessee State I, I wouldn't be surprised if they would host but yeah you had forty two hundred people for that game. And like UCLA is playing good right now. I mean, you got to beat them. That's not a, that's not a guarantee. Um, I think it'd be impressive if they could win these last two mm-hmm. against Middle Tennessee and UCLA. If they could win those two, that'd be good. Um, kind of like what I said last week about all the crap we always talk about this time of the year. Yep. I had a Facebook memory from six years ago yesterday pop up. We had a sports lounge. We talked about USD. That must have been the year. I don't know if that was the year they made their run. We talked about why USD people think they should make the tournaments. And that was six years ago. We talked about the same stuff. Mm-hmm. And this year it's on the SDSU side. And it's like, you know, fans are dumb. So I don't really care what they say. But when you have like media members saying that stuff, like they should know better. They, sh- they shouldn't say that stuff. You got people out there saying, you know, the Summer League, give the Summer League some respect. And as, we, as I talked about last week, it's two teams in the summer league. The rest of the, of the league is pretty bad. So, I mean, I don't know who out there is not giving USD and SDSU respect. Like, who out there is trashing them? Who out there doesn't think they're any good? So, I think it's a tired argument of mm-hmm. all their respect. It's not the summer league. That's They don't matter. It's the two teams at the top. And everybody knows they're really good. Yep. So, so that, that, that gets boring for me at times. And it's just ridiculous that it's been going on for at least six or seven years now mm-hmm. well and it's not like uh it's like 
SDSU wouldn't have been guaranteed to have won four games in the NCAA tournament the way they've won in the women's NIT. Like you're just you're uh-huh. playing better competition. So maybe they would have won one game. Maybe they could have won two. Maybe they could have gotten to the Sweet 16. Who knows? But they're not making it to the final four, barring you know just a complete uh, <sighs> surprise and miraculous run here. Similar to what USD did. Just because they won the women's NIT doesn't mean that, oh, they were just, they, they would have had this sort the same sort of success in the NCAA tournament. It's just not there. You're playing not your the competition you're playing is not nearly as good in the NIT as what you would have faced in the NCAA tournament. For the most yeah, these part. Are, these are teams that did not make the tournament. Like, you did not make the tournament. Once you get towards the end there, you get some pretty, I mean, Alabama, pretty good. Yeah, 20 and 13, I mean, and that's, like, the SEC is a different beast. <laughs> it's, it just is. It's different beast than any other conference, arguably, in the country. And UCLA, they probably thought they were going to make the NCAA tournament. I guess they've had some injuries. So I'm sure they're looking at this as kind of a redemption thing. And Middle Tennessee State's always really good. Mm-hmm. So, like, you beat these teams, and, like, like Minnesota's 15 and 18. They're the 10th team in the Big 10. They're not good. They're not a good team. Right. You know? And you look at SDSU, like, they should beat all these teams. They're better than Minnesota. They're better than Northern Iowa. They should, you know, we'll see if they beat UCLA, but they beat them already again without uh, some of their best players. I don't think they had Maya Sullen in that right. game. They, they had a couple players. They didn't play with uh, on, on Thanksgiving Saturday, mm-hmm. and they beat them by ten points in Florida. So I think UCLA's healthier, SDSU is healthier. You got the home crowd, and you know I, I, I expect them to win. So hopefully they do. Yep. But it's just like yeah, Minnesota's not good. Like you should be better than Northern Iowa. Mm-hmm. You beat Al- yeah, Alabama's a good team. They beat them good. They should. They should beat Alabama. They should win this fucking tournament. They should win this whole thing. Because they're better than pretty much every team in it. They should beat all of them. Yep. And that doesn't mean they should have been in the NCAA tournament because they didn't beat anybody this year. They beat UCLA. That was their big win when UCLA was injured. They beat USD once. That's it. You're not going to get in the tournament with, you know, seven, eight losses and no good wins. And people can't figure that out. Mm-hmm. So it's frustrating. And that respect thing gets brought up. It's like, who, who's not respecting USD and SDSU. I mean, SDSU got in a couple of years ago without winning the tournament. I'm sure they'll get in again. Both teams will probably get in at some point mm-hmm. with, with an at-large. So that'll happen. It's just comical to me that USD brought people to that game when they can't bring even half that crowd to the Sioux Falls. It's, it's yeah. fucking ridiculous. Yep. And um, again, it's like, oh, yeah, it, it, find out where Sioux Falls is. Maybe come to that game instead of, I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's the biggest game they've ever played and they lost, which is fine. Yep. But it's, it's just it's just hilarious to me that, I mean, the one side buys 80% of the tickets and kind of shuts them out. It's just funny to me that they had more people 400 miles away than they did 60 miles away. Well, it's but, hilarious. But SDSU fans love the Summit League team, and they support it year in and year out. And do you really think Michigan was going to bring a, bu- uh, uh, like a, a, a boatload of fans to Wichita? I don't think so. And, and for you, I mean, USD, you're better than SDSU now in women's basketball. You have been for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was there, I mean, I was there a couple of weeks ago and it was the normal. To me, it's, it feels like an 80-20 split, so I may be being generous. It's like, oh yeah, there's some red over there and a couple of red shirts over there. Well, it's like 80-20. It's like, you guys are the best team in this conference for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And you still don't bring 
And, and, and we've seen what it's like when USD is the only team there in the championship game. And it's still half of what SDSU would fill the place at. So even when it's when SDSU is not even involved, USD still can't get the tickets or can't fill the place. So that's funny to me that that happens. And I didn't tweet this out. I wanted to. Probably would have got no reaction. But, you know, it was great for South Dakota, great for this, great for the state of South Dakota. And that's, that's fine. But it's like, does Michigan State root for Michigan? Was Michigan State, they think, rooting for the Michigan women to keep winning? No. No. <laughs> does, does Florida State and Florida, do they root for each other? Does Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, do they, hey, oh, I hope the other does well? Like, no. So if you're an SDSU fan, I'm sure there were some rooting out there for USD, which is, which, you know, you can root for the other school in your state because they've never won a game before. And good for them. But it's like other rivals don't root for your rivals. No, I th- I'm sure Duke. I'm sure Duke and Carolina was kind of rooting for each other because they want to play each other again. Yes. Yeah. But, but outside of that, if you're not in the tournament, I'll be damned if I'm going to root for the other team in my conference and in my states. I'm not rooting for USD to do well if I'm SDSU. Like, no, I hope they lose in the first round again. Uh, absolutely. Same thing. Yeah, same thing like NDSU football or USD. It doesn't. Oh, it, oh I, I hope they do well. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm sure. I'm sure uh, USC basketball was rooting like hell for UCLA to make the final four yeah. again. Oh, I, I'm, sure they were all, I'm sure they were all behind them, saying, "All right, let's go Bruins." I'm I like, heard, Jesus Christ! I heard this argument from a family member, like, "Oh, the USD's run will help uh, make that embarrassing loss from for SDSU to USD in the championship game look better." Like, no, what? What the hell is that kind of argument? And I said, "Listen, that would be like, okay, so you want to cheer for the Chiefs in the playoffs or in the Super Bowls?" I, I hope. Yeah, so like this guy's a, like my uncle. He's a Broncos fan. I said, so you're going to cheer for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl because it'll make your well, no, no, no I don't know. And then that's it different. said, oh, well, good, touche. Like, well, duh, like that's the same thing. Like, we aren't going to cheer for our rivals to win it all. That's stupid. That's not that. That why? No. If you're going to do that, then then be a fan of just. South Dakota basketball in general. You can't be a Jackrabbit fan and say, but I'm going to cheer for USD as well. You can't say, like, no, stop. Just stop with that. Uh-uh. We're not having this. Is, is USD, are they rooting for, are they rooting for SDSU? Probably not. Uh, are they rooting for SDSU to win this national championship? Uh, which Vermillion, I mean, that's ridiculous. So, I, I mean, when Vermillion won it a couple of years ago, you know, they, they claimed they were a national champion. And I was like, you've got to be shitting me. Are you this fucking dumb? Yeah. And I would love SDSU to do that. And I, I can't imagine they would say anything like that because they're not dumb. So, right. it, would, it would be funny for them to win it. And it would just be interesting. Mm-hmm. No doubt. <laughs> No doubt. I, I'm going. I wanted to go Sunday. I had a fantasy baseball draft, so that took priorities. I am going Thursday to the game. Nice. I want to go. And if they win, I want to go Saturday too. So, um, yeah, the crowds have been great. I wanted to see it one more time before they completely changed the entire arena. Mm-hmm. And I got to go up there a couple weeks ago for a high school girls tournament, so I got to see it. And get to. I, I can't. 
I don't remember the last, maybe Notre Dame in 2015 was the last game I went to. It's got to be. Well, and that was the largest, the, the Sunday's crowd was the largest since yeah. that Notre Dame game. So. so hopefully it's bigger. I don't know, since they changed it, I don't know if you can fit 6,000 in there anymore. Well, it seemed full to me, that, looking that at was, pictures. Yeah, that was my question, too. Is like, well, boy. Like 4,200, like, that's it? Yeah. It's like, wow, that this seems like it's pretty gosh darn full for 4,600. If you say it's six, can seat 6,000, like, where are you going to fit the other fourteen or 1,500? So, we've got general admission tickets. We'll stand in the bleachers, hopefully get there at 6.30 and get a somewhat good seat. So I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, WNIT, one more big crowd. Hopefully we can go back again Saturday. Mm-hmm. I want to if they win. So it would be, it would be a, I think, a great finish to end that era of Frost Arena if you know, when the changes come and it looks completely different. Absolutely. Yep. So good luck to the Jacks there. That's a big uh, – we'll try and get Matt Zimmer on here after the run is done. Uh, to kind of just reminisce and look back at this, at this, it's a significant run. Like I'm not trying to, I don't think we're trying to poo-poo it. It's just different than an NCAA tournament run. That it's it's tough to compare. It's like okay, you won the consolation championship. Like no, nobody else is getting these crowds, and it's people come because Alabama doesn't come here otherwise. Right. It, no, the, know, the, the Alabama coach asked her team, how many of you have been to South Dakota? Not one person raised their hand. Do you think they even knew where South Dakota was? I'm sure there were a couple of them that if you gave them a blank map or even gave them a map with lines on it. They were South Dakota. I'm sure there's one or two that probably don't even know. Yeah. So. But again, it's. A, yeah, it's I mean, it's. It's an opportunity for them to get these teams up here because Minnesota's done playing us. They'll never play us again outside of this tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, UCLA, I mean, we can't get UCLA here. We got Notre Dame here. I have no idea how that happened. That's amazing that that happened years ago. Can you imagine like but getting it, a, like UConn or South Carolina up here? Yeah. I mean, you can play them in Sioux Falls. I mean, USD's played South Carolina in Sioux Falls, so that's yep. about as close as you're going to get. Yep. But to get to get these these teams, whether or not – they're as good as I mean. People know what what an Alabama and an UCLA is, regardless of. I mean, those are good teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but people seem like wow, they're not that good, but they're still good enough. So it's a good opportunity to get teams into Brookings to play them on your home floor and to beat them and to maybe raise your profile and maybe maybe you'll get a team and you're like you know what we'll come back because we like playing in front of four thousand people. Well, that's just that's just it. I mean, they're gonna come to. <laughs> Frost Arena and see this atmosphere that they're, they're, that they're not going to see, that they're not going to be in very often throughout the their season. So why not come in? Plus, you're playing good competition. It's not like you're coming up to Brookings, South Dakota to play the 5-20 and 20 Jackrabbits. This is a very good team. It's one of the reasons why they are perennially in the NCAA tournament. It's why they are so good in the, in the WNIT right now and they're going to win it maybe win a WNIT championship which again is not it's not a anything to poo poo it's it's a significant accomplishment it's something that the team should be proud of it's something that Jackrabbit fans should be proud of you want to go into the NCAA tournament of course but if you're going to be in the WNIT win the damn thing and that's what they're about to do so it's yeah, yeah, I I think as certainly SDSU's women have a better chance at landing these bigger named programs than the men do 
I mean, for the men to have any chance of that, you're going to have to play at the Pentagon in Sioux Falls. That's the only way you're going to do that. For the women, it's because of the atmosphere. It's because of the level of competition. That's how you're going to get these teams here. If Notre Dame can come here on a two-for-one or three-for-one deal, then these other teams, they, Alabama could come up here. These other teams, they can come up here too. Well, and so, I wonder too if with the bidding and stuff, if SDSU is going to say, we'll come down to Alabama next year to play you. Yeah, well, if you got to go down there twice to get them up here once, I would do that too. So, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll do that. So, I, But I'm just wondering, like, hey, you, you came up for the WNIT tournament, we'll come down and play you in the non-conference next year. I wonder if that's in any way, shape, or form eh. part, of the, part of this. Maybe not. Um, but either way, good luck to the Jackrabbit women this week here uh, Thursday, and then if they win that game, championship game on Saturday. Since, since I'm there, I fully expect them to lose on Thursday. So. I hope not. If you Maybe leave in the second half if they're down by like three. I went to the NDSU football game. They beat them. There you go. This year. Okay, so. So, I mean, it, 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 it can happen. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and not many teams get to end their season on a win. And they, they got a chance to do that. Mm hmm. That they do. <sighs> Uh, NFL talk here for a little bit. A big, uh, significant trade last week. Tyreek Hill getting traded from the Chiefs to the Miami Dolphins for five picks. A first and a second round pick this year. Fourth rounder this year and a fourth and a sixth next year. It's significantly more that the Chiefs got than what the, the Raiders or what the, than what the Packers got for Devontae Adams. And I would argue that Devontae Adams is probably a more complete wide receiver than Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is just very, very fast. And in part, you know, the, the reason why Hill got traded is because talks broke down, talks stalled after Adams was traded from the Packers to the Raiders and got all that, that boatload of money. And this, no doubt, is a significant trade because I think it puts Miami in position to compete with Buffalo for first in the AFC East. It also significantly, I think, impacts the Chiefs, negatively impacts depending on who they can get to replace Hill with. You can't repl- you're can't. you going to have to find someone in the draft with that speed. They know they got Marquez, uh, Valdez-Scantling from Green Bay. They signed him to a three-year, $36 million deal. They signed Juju Smith-Schuster. But the offense is no doubt going to look a little different because Patrick Mahomes can't just air it out down the field. Uh, Byron Pringle left for Chicago, uh, so he's no longer there. Who knows what, uh, I, I think Nicole Hardman's going to stay there and whatnot, but the Chiefs' offense is going to look different. And I think this move takes them down a peg, certainly, in the AFC West pecking order. I Dare I say I would put Kansas City maybe third behind the Chargers and maybe even the Raiders. Like, I don't, it, there's a lot of time between now and the regular season, but and I, so I need to see what the Chiefs do in the draft to replace them with. I need to see what you know injuries, if any, happen during training camp and preseason. But the Chiefs are going to have some work ahead of them trying to to retool their offense, losing this significant piece in Tyreek Hill. I like the Chargers, I can't take them seriously. They're the Vikings of the AFC. They're the Gonzaga of, uh, of the NFL. I can't take the Chargers seriously. And the Raiders, I don't think they're any good. So I still think the Chiefs are fine. Like their Super Bowl chance of winning the Super Bowl, again, I think that's they can obviously do it, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to be like Seattle and Green Bay and all these other teams. But oh, how many are they going to win? They're going to win one and not get back to one ever again. 
for the foreseeable future. So when you when you win one, like that might be it, because things can change awfully quickly. Mm-hmm. Miami, good move for them. I don't see them making the playoffs, but you know they get a guy. Seems like there seems like there's a very small margin between getting Amari Cooper for like a sixth round pick. Mm-hmm. We're giving up like three first rounders for Deshaun Watson. It's like, can can there be like a middle ground here to yeah. where, yep, you know, like the Devontae Adams trade I thought was was okay. I was like reasonable. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll give you a first. We'll give you a second. Whatever it was, Terry Kill one was a bit much. Like really, two first rounders and three other picks, and to give him that huge contract, it's like, do you have a quarterback worth a damn that can make him good? Mm-hmm. So I, I think Tyree Kill's production is going to drop off significantly with with Tua there. Well, I like their good. coach. I like Miami's coach. Yep. But for Tua, I mean, for Tua, this is it for him. It's like, all right, you got to make a significant jump here. Yeah, there's. I think arguably Tua's got the most pressure on him out of any player in the NFL coming into this uh, upcoming season. The one thing he does have, he, I mean, he's got Jalen Waddle, who was fantastic uh-huh. last year. Mike Gesicki, a tight end, very, very good. Uh, Devontae Parker certainly can uh, provide some uh, speed down the field. But, I mean, Tyreek's more the speed guy now, but Devontae's got the, the, the size and whatnot. Miami's got a very good offense here. Uh, so they got a good tight end? Mike Gesicki. Yeah, he's a good tight end. Yep. So. Yep. And the and the the running backs <clears throat> that they have, they got Chase Edmonds and they have Raheem Mostert. So though that that's that offense is going to be very difficult, I think, to stop, especially with an offensive mind like Mike Daniels, uh, McDaniel. So um, I I think Miami and, can and, take that big step next year. I think it, I think Miami's got a chance. Miami's going to jump up more than Kansas City's going to drop off. But there's no doubt, like in this in this offseason where the AFC has become such a juggernaut and all these teams are going to be battling against one another, I think Miami took a step up more than Kansas City took a step down. But no doubt, they can't, like, it, it, the balance of power shifted slightly, I think. It evened out. Sure, yeah. Yeah, there are, what, seven playoff teams, so there might be a coming. You got the Colts, you got Miami, all these fringe playoff teams. Trying to get better, mm-hmm. so that's good to see. So, I mean, we, we saw Josh Allen get significantly better when Stephon Diggs showed up. Yep. So we'll see. We'll see what happens when when Miami adds a guy. And uh, the Vikings made a big move last week, getting Zadarius Smith, yeah. the linebacker from formerly of Green Bay. He looked like he was going to sign with the Ravens. They didn't offer him as much money as he would have liked. Signs a three-year, forty-seven million dollar deal. With the Vikings, he and Hunter now can provide that edge rush. That I mean, that's arguably the best duo of edge rushers in the league. So that's good. They signed uh, what Chandler Sullivan from Green Bay as uh, the cornerback, but he can play some safety. So that's a good move. Hopefully, they can re-sign Patrick Peterson. I know they've made a few other moves since then, but I'd like to see Patrick Peterson back. Uh, but I think you're either going to go cornerback at 12 or you're going to take the center out of Iowa. I think that's where they have to look at now uh, in in April's draft, which is a month away, believe it or not. Uh, but Anthony Barr is probably not coming back. Probably not. Nope. That... They're probably the one the one guy they will lose in all of this, which is fine. Yep. I, I want Peterson hey, back, though. I, I do. He played well Yeah, he'd year. be good. I mean, they need cornerbacks very badly. They have they signed some some guy from Miami to be a tackle. 
Yeah, uh, Trey uh, Jesse Davis, I think, right? Yeah. And he was like, I saw like, like he was 79th out of 83 in pro football focus grades. I'm like, why? If that's a guy, why even sign him? I don't know. But for, for depth purposes, like, why would you want him on the field? Why would you want him as a backup if somebody gets hurt? Why would you want one of the five worst tackles, according to some metrics, on, on, on the deal? Like, you can't, there's not anybody out there that's better than him. There's not a rookie. There's not anybody that you can find to spend a million dollars on rather than one of the five worst people at their position. So, that's to me is a waste of time. And you got the new overtime rule, which they're going to do this thing now. Yeah, it... and, I, and I hate when it's only in the playoffs. I hate when the rules are different in the playoffs mm-hmm. than they are in the regular season. If you're going to change it, then change it. Mm-hmm. Just don't say, "Oh, we're going to change it for the playoffs." So what? Each team gets a possession. Yep. Um, did, did they did the did they do the go for you can go for two and win it right away or not? That was a proposal apparently by the Titans. They said no, we're not doing that. It's just well, in, in this case, then you're always going to kick off now yep. in overtime. Before you would always take the ball. Mm-hmm. Now you will always kick off. So you know, do, do, do I need a field goal to win? Yep. Uh, do I need a touchdown to win? So there. So when you it completely changes the strategy of it. You always go on defense now. And I guess the, the Vikings were one of three teams to vote against it. And but then Mark some of it, I guess, said was... that they did vote for it. So I think you're getting. I think there's some conflicting information on that. I think you, we we talked about it after the game, and I know I got into, like on Twitter and stuff. It, it's a stupid. Like we don't need to make changes to the rule. If you're going to do this, then why not just have one 15 minute quarter, regardless? Like just do. The I'm. Work. I'm... I'm okay that they change it. Both teams get the ball fine. I like that. I mean, that going for two option is intriguing. I like that little little thing right there. So it's – they change it. I, I don't like that they just change it for the playoffs. If you're going to change it, change it for every game. Mm-hmm. That's, what I, that's what I don't like. I agree. I agree. It's just yeah. – it is, it is what it is. I'm not a huge fan, but – but that's just my opinion, I guess. So it is It is what it is. But, yeah, the owners are meeting there. Uh, Deshaun Watson's press conference in Cleveland on Friday wasn't great, uh, in part because he said that the contract that he was offered had no bearing on his decision to pick the Browns, even though they guaranteed him all $230 million, and even though he had eliminated the Browns first from his list of four teams, that's a bold-faced lie. So Deshaun Watson, uh, not great. Not great look. Not a great look for the Haslams. They're not apparently uh, the owners of the Browns. They're not apparently very popular at the owners' meetings in Florida this week because of the way things that they kind of changed now, the quarterback market, which I think... I think we've talked about this before, but doesn't the NFL need to have just like a separate salary cap for quarterbacks and not, or not have them factor that their salary into the rest of the team? It's just ridiculous. It's getting, you know, 40, $50 million a year for your quarterback. As the salary cap goes up, these quarterback prices continue to increase to ridiculous. So it's like, like we saw with the draft where like the first round pick was getting, you know, 50 or $60 million. 
before they even play. Then they put a, you know, a, a cap on that. It's got to stop at some point because, you know, you can't have somebody making $50 million a year, for God's sakes, and that's kind of where we're headed mm-hmm. after this offseason. Apparently, like, the NFL is going to start investigating this, or, like, they haven't talked to Sean Watson. This has been going on for a year. And, again, another frustrating thing where these things take forever. This is This is a year old. Like, are they just now starting to look into this? Because I saw Roger Goodell right now. Oh, we're going to look into this now. Like, haven't you been doing that? Apparently not. I know they haven't talked to him. And the same thing with Trevor Bauer. Baseball has not talked to Trevor Bauer. Why not? This is fucking nine months old. You haven't talked to him? Tell me, what's your side of the story? Here's what we think. Uh, what's your side? Like, why does this take forever? Well, Why are they just now doing this? I don't know if the NFL is waiting for the, the criminal proceedings uh, to wrap up on Deshaun's side. That I would have like it's, looked into looked into that a little bit uh, to begin with so you aren't scrambling here at the end. It's just going to take a long time. I mean, there's a very good chance that, the, that Watson doesn't play for at least half this season for the Browns. I would say that's I, a guarantee almost. I can't imagine he'll get, I mean, what, Roethlisberger got out of a six-game suspension? Yes. I can't imagine it to be more than that. But that um, was only two cases. This this is 22. It is 22. And you know, with the criminal side, and people kind of poo-poo that, oh, they didn't charge him with any criminal thing. Well, like, I don't know, there were two different grand juries. One of them was, was with, like, nine of the victims. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, they said no to the criminal charges. That's two different grand juries. I don't know what that's worth. It's like they said, no, we're not, we're not going to go forward with this. So whatever that jury saw or heard, but you know what? This we're not going to pursue criminal action on him. So I mean, that's good for him. And you know, people that don't like him just kind of say, well, that's whatever. He still did this. It's like, well. He's not going to spend a day in jail with this. He'll probably have to spend millions of dollars, but he's got two hundred and fifty million coming his way. Right. Well, if so anything, I'm yeah. sure he'll be suspended a few games. But again, for this to take so long, it's like, come on, this is. And Trevor Bauer's going to miss the start of the season. It's like, get this done. How long does it take? Fly him in, talk to him. Fly in the other side, talk to them. Fly in others or talk to other people you think you need to talk to. And get this thing done. This should take a matter of weeks. This should not take years, literally years, to figure out what happened. What has happened? We haven't talked to anybody. Why not? I don't know. Well, it's like with the Browns, too. Like, they didn't even, apparently, uh, Busby, the the lawyer for all these women and stuff, said that the Browns didn't even reach out to him. So the Browns do don't do, care. Do they don't care. They just want a guy right. to win games. They don't right. care. So how can you They'll do say, that? Yeah, we looked into this. They don't give a crap about these how can you two dozen do women. They don't care. Yeah, how can you do your due diligence and turn over every stone if you don't even talk to the other side? Like, yes, you can talk to his family about the character and, and people around him, but they're going to do stuff that make – that that put Watson in a positive light. You got to talk to these other, you know, either these victims or the, the other lawyers and say, okay, what do you have? What's why, what's going on here? How many chances did Antonio Brown get? Look how that ended for Tampa Bay. Yeah. This yeah. is a ridiculous mess. It's like, yeah, what do you expect with a guy that's crazy like that? Yes. That's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. No doubt. No. no doubt. Um, 
Well, anything else that we need to get to here? We've talked a lot about stuff. I don't know. Did you see the Oscars at all? Did you see this uh, Will Smith slap of Chris Rock? Um, did, did you watch? Were you watching this at all? I, I saw it on. I saw it blow up on Twitter, and then I flipped over and didn't see it until later. Yeah. Uh, what a what a I mess. never I never watched the Oscars. I don't care about the Oscars, obviously. Um, yeah. I was in bed at nine thirty that night. I got a buzz on my phone. It was Marcus saying, is this real or not? Yeah. <laughs> I looked at it. I'm like, you know, that's a pro wrestling saying it doesn't even look like he hit him. And then he slowed it down. I was like, fuck, he actually hit this guy. Yeah. And this was, this looked like this was fucking real. Mm-hmm. I'm like, are you kidding me? So of course I had to turn it on and I see one best actor. He was a heavy favorite for it. I'm like, shit, he's going to win this award. And he gets up and gives a speech, and that's about it. Then he apologizes uh, Monday, and the story's about done. But I saw that, I'm like, holy shit. That's, that's a very memorable, very memorable moment. I've got people talking. Obviously, oh, I mean, it, he shouldn't probably do that, but he did. It's over with. Like, all right, that was... That's, that's that's a memorable thing that happened. Well, he it, it initially I was like, okay, because of bad ratings and stuff for for the Oscars here in recent years, maybe this was kind of like a publicity stunt. And then you watch him like the way he's talking to yelling at Chris Rock, like don't put yes. my wife's name in your effing mouth. It's like, oh, okay, he like this is like he's legitimately pissed. And hey, where's security? How come he's not being escorted out? Uh, and then. Like, during his acceptance speech, he's like, I'm trying to be a vessel for love. Oh, really? Because you just slapped the shit out of Chris Rock. And Chris Rock, the restraint that he showed, is very admirable. And I saw a lot of reaction. I would say overwhelmingly. It's like at least 80-20 people supporting Chris Rock and ridiculing Will Smith, which rightfully so. Um, I... There's better ways to handle it. Uh, but then, like, oh, he, he apologized to the Academy in his acceptance speech. He didn't apologize to Chris Rock until Monday night. I don't care. I'm, I'm done with Will Smith. Get him out of there. I, I just don't care anymore. Not like I watch a lot of movies anyway, but if he's in it, I'll be like, yeah, you know what? I can spend my time doing something better. I don't need to support this guy who's slapping the crap out of people over a damn joke. Like, come on. Yeah, but it went, it went a bit far. But it got me to tune in for 20 minutes, so and that's apparently looking at the ratings like they didn't go up barely at all from when it happened. It was late in the show, too. There was only... There was less than an hour it, left. Yeah, there was like 45 minutes left, so I caught it late. What, 16, 15, 16 million people watched it, but I think the Oscar is just one of those things where I don't watch the movies to begin with. And even if I do, I don't give a shit who wins for best actor or best movie. I'm not a fan of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Even even in sports, I don't give a shit who wins the awards. Like I'm not watching the ESPYs to see who wins these awards because I don't care who wins them. Like I saw the games. He won MVP. Aaron Rodgers. Fine. That's yeah, sure. He won it. Great. Like I don't care who won for for the, these these awards. So. I guess the Grammys are this weekend, so I'm sure there'll be something uh, something about that on that. Well, yeah, I'm, uh, Trevor Noah's hosting that, and maybe he'll drop a Kanye uh, West uh, reference. Maybe he'll go fucking nuts on the show. That'll be it. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, something outside of the realm of sports. Yeah. Uh, okay, anything else we need to get to? Anything else that we have not yet talked about? I think we covered it all. 
Got right. baseball next week. Yes, a big baseball preview. We'll have, we'll talk some Masters as well and uh, recap the final four. So significant. Yes, very significant. Tiger Tiger Woods might play for this man in this tournament. I just saw something. It says that he he's going to play a full eighteen at Augusta National. That's what that, that would that would pique my interest significantly in a tournament that if he don't play, I don't care about. If he plays, obviously, that's a very big deal. He probably won't do very well because he almost died a year ago. But that'd be that would be interesting. That would pique my interest. Oh, okay. Here's the, here's what it, I'm looking at the headline now. Tiger Woods plays 18 hole practice round at Augusta National as massive yeah. decision looms. He played with It'll his son. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I would assume he's going to have to see how he feels to determine whether or not he uh, is able to go for you know, at yeah. least two rounds, you know, if he can make the cut or not. Yeah. So, like, if he were to play, I wouldn't think he would make the cut. No. That'd be incredible for him to do that. I would be incredible. But he's done those things before, so. Yeah, I'm very excited about the baseball. Um, Carlos Correa had a home run today. He's done well this first couple games. Had my first baseball draft last Sunday. Got another one this Sunday. I got shot in Kirk's like Tuesday of next week. Oh, man. So I'm excited about it. And I was, I was thinking, like, why am I so – why do I like baseball so much recently? It's because of the fantasy stuff. Because mm-hmm. of following the teams, following the players. And that is why I have been so into baseball these past – five, six years, well, that, I would that say. makes sense, and that, I think that's why, like, with the popularity of fantasy football, that's why there's more intrigue now, especially, like, legalized sports betting and everything for NFL games. It just it provides more intrigue. Maybe you aren't invested in the totality of the game or, like, teams so much, but it's more if you have money on the line or something. Yeah, there, it, 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 yeah I, I get that. And with, and with baseball, people are like, oh, I mean, that's, you know, that's, you know the NFL's a... I mean, the NFL is really not a once-a-week thing. Like, it's Thursday. Mm-hmm. It's Sunday. It's Monday. Mm-hmm. Like, it's three, four days a week now. Yep. So, it's it's not a once-a-week thing. I mean, people with baseball is like, I can't, fuck, I can't do that every day for six months. I can't check my rosters. That's too much of a time commitment. Maybe it is for some people. And I'm like, I got nothing going on. Like, we're not, I mean... I don't know what other people's jobs are, but if you got an office job or a desk job, I'm thinking there's 10 minutes of your day, 15 minutes of your day, you can probably log on to your fantasy baseball team and check it. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not that busy. We're just not. So for me, you know, I'll spend a lot of time at work looking at the stuff, and I'm excited about it. So, yeah, baseball's here. Good time of the year for me. Very good. Yep, we will preview that next week. Talk Masters oh, and Final Four. A, 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 a teaser. Oh, oh, I yes. want to try and have at least one tidbit on every team. Okay. Something I think about or like or okay. dislike. There's mm-hmm. one team. I'm going to pick them to win the World Series this year. Because we had the Astros. And then mm-hmm. we had like the Padres. And the Padres kind of fizzled out. Mm-hmm. There's a new team. I've got a new team stacking. Like it's not a surprise. Like they're, they made a lot of moves. They've done really well. They should do well this season. They're pretty loaded. I think I know what team it is. The, the, I, I will wait to guess until next week. But it's a team I like. I like them very similar to how I liked Houston five years ago. 
this team's loaded. They got a lot of young talent. I like him a lot. Oh, so. I just switched my I switched my guest now midstream here, but I think I know really. I think I can, can I guess or do you want me? Who was your Who was your, who's your first guest and who was your second guess? My first guess was the Chicago White Sox. Okay. My second guess now is the Toronto Blue Jays. Okay, it's one of those two. All right, very good. See, that's excellent. Yeah. And your tidbit on the Pirates and the Orioles can be that they suck. I mean, if that, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is fully acceptable. But looking forward to that next week. We'll preview that. And, uh, yeah, baseball here, like I said, Masters and the Final Four, a lot of stuff to get to. So, uh, yeah, it'll be a fun show next week. Uh, but you have a good rest of your week. Uh, enjoy uh, whatever the weather. Pickleball this week. You got pickleball at all? This week's supposed to be your last week inside. I feel like there could be weeks next in the next coming weeks on Wednesdays where it's going to be like this and kind of want to go inside when it's 40 degrees out, but mm-hmm. supposed to be inside tomorrow, the last time this week. So or last time this year. So we'll see how that goes. See if the weather is good enough next week where I would imagine it's probably going to be mid fifties, which is kind of borderline. Mm-hmm. So you got that go to Brookings Thursday. Looking forward to that. Yes. So, very good. Have a great time. Cheer, cheer loud, cheer hard for the Jazz. Right. And uh, we will talk to you next week, my friend. All right. We'll see you next week. Travis Crins joining me here, Sports Block Podcast. Appreciate his time as always. Great stuff there. Uh, yeah, a lot of talk on the call, on the final four here. Um, of course, we want UNC to win. I gotta think it's gonna be Duke against Kansas. Like that's probably that's my projection. Hopefully, UNC can hold them off, but it should be great. I'll make the final picks. For the final four here coming up, uh, we might have Jeff Lloyd on this week. We're going to wait with uh, Matt Zimmer here. Hopefully he can join us next week uh, to talk about the Jacks. Um, and then, of course, throughout the month of April, we'll bring Jeff Lloyd on to preview uh, the, um, uh, the the NFL draft. So uh, looking forward to having him on here. Uh, our schedules have been very busy, so uh, I mean, I always appreciate when Jeff can come on. So we'll talk about that here coming up. Uh, but final picks for the final four. Who's going to cut down the nets in both New Orleans and Minneapolis? That's coming up next here on the Sports Block Podcast, available on podcast.com as well as iTunes. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stack and Travis Crins at Travis Crins. Facebook Nathan Stack and a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Picks for the final four coming up next here on the Sports Block Podcast. Now available on uh, podcast.com and iTunes. All right, we wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Just with a couple of final thoughts on the men's and women's Final Four, we will have uh, uh, Matt Zimmer from the Argus Leader hopefully next week to recap SDSU's run through the WNIT and thoughts of his uh, trip to Buffalo to watch the SDSU men. So um, we'll try and get him on next week. And then throughout the month of April, we'll try and get Jeff Lloyd, uh, the second from the Lockdown Browns podcast, to join us to preview the offensive players, the defensive players in the NFL draft, and of course do an NFL mock draft. So looking forward to that throughout the month of March. But final thoughts on the final four. And we'll start on the women's side here. You have three ones and two. You have South Carolina and Louisville playing against each other. You have uh, that game is at, uh, let me get it pulled up here. It's at 6 p.m. Central Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. 
It's at the Target Center in Minneapolis. Travis mentioned Marcus might be there. I should see if he can snag me a, some swag or something. Uh, then you have number two UConn at number one Stanford, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. South Carolina's going to beat Louisville. They just, they're, they're so much better. Aaliyah Boston is the, the best player in the country. South Carolina, I think, is still angry from that loss in the SEC tournament to Kentucky. They want to prove to people that it was a fluke. They've been the best team in college basketball all season long. They'll beat Louisville. UConn-Stanford's a little bit of a different match. You have Paige Beckers, who is absolutely amazing. It's a homecoming for her. Um, so she's back in her home state, so there'll be a lot of family and friends there in attendance. I'm sure there'll be a lot of UConn faithful there. Stanford, though, really good. A lot of size. Um, they're just a well-built team. Uh, who's it? Emily. Let me make sure I get her name right here. Cameron, uh, Emily, where did I get Emily? Oof. Cameron Brink, fantastic player. She's only a sophomore, but she possesses a lot of uh, difficulties, I think, for UConn. You have the the twins, Lacey and Lexi Hull, who are very good. Like This is a very good team and a lot of, a lot of size in there. So for UConn, they're going to have to be able to move these bigs in a way to like clear the space, clear the paint, or otherwise they're going to have to knock down their jump shots. They're going to have to knock down their threes, and they can. UConn, a very good shooting team. But Stanford is excellent. They're the defending champions. I'm taking Stanford over UConn. I don't think it would be considered an upset. Like, Don't even look at the seeding, but I think Stanford beats UConn. If that doesn't happen, so be it. If it's UConn against South Carolina, if it's South Car- if it's Stanford against South Carolina, I don't care. It's South Carolina winning this championship. They are the best team. They have been the best team all year. I think South Carolina cuts down the nets at the Target Center. Their Sunday night, that game will be at uh, let, let me get that pulled back up here. It will be at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. So I have South Carolina winning, winning the women's Final Four. The men's Final Four far more difficult. I so want to see UNC beat Duke. I want to see Coach K go out, but there, something is just has changed with Duke. I hope that UNC can carry their hot shooting. I hope Armando Baycott can carry the the double doubles that he has possessed so much you know and, and has done so well in the NCAA tournament I hope he has that sort of game this is a rivalry game this is arguably the biggest rivalry in sports it ranks right up there with Michigan Ohio State football it ranks right up there with Yankees Red Sox in baseball I think it's a maybe slightly bigger like this is bigger than any NFL rivalry it's bigger than any NBA rivalry this is a huge deal it's so big in fact that Eric Church is supposed to have a concert in San Antonio Saturday night. He has canceled it because he is a UNC fan. He is going to the Final Four here to watch his Tar Heels take on Duke. He has canceled his tournament, and people are pissed off about it. And that's understandable. Like, you plan for this. This is, a, this is historic. This is a historic event that is going on because UNC and Duke have never played in the NCAA tournament before. Hard to imagine. And this is 
Coach K's final season. And UNC beat Duke in Cameron Indoor in uh, Coach K's final home game. What better way, as Travis and I talked about it earlier, to to send Coach K or to end Duke's uh, run and end Coach K's career with a by knocking them out in the final four? It's a, it's like a championship right there. Like this is truly the championship game. I want UNC to win. I I, I think Duke finds a way to win. I I pray that I'm wrong. I don't want that to happen. But I, I'm gonna go with Duke. And Kansas Villanova, Justin Moore's injury significant for Villanova. Uh, they are the best free throw shooting team in the country. They're the best free throw shooting team possibly historically. So don't don't make light of this. Like if it comes down to free throws, Villanova's winning. If it's a close game, late fouls, Villanova's winning. What I saw from Kansas, though, in that second half against Miami, and Bill Self said it was probably the best half of basketball the team has played in all tournament long. That speed is going to be very difficult. Villanova likes to slow things down. They play great defense. But Kansas can also do that. I think Kansas just has a little more firepower. The Justin Moore injury tips the scales for me in favor of Kansas. If it's Kansas-Duke, all bets are off. Do you really bet Duke? I, I think Kansas has a better chance of beating Villanova than I think Duke does of beating UNC. I don't know. I'll go Kansas beating Duke in the national championship game. I truly have no idea. This is, I am far more confident in South Carolina cutting down the nets at, in the target center on Sunday night than I am with Kansas or Duke, with any one of these blue bloods cutting down the nets in New Orleans. And for those that say, oh, you know, we got blue blood, like so much for parody in the tournament. Have you seen the tournament? That's why I said Ben Lieber's take, bad take. Like, the upsets. St. Peter's running to the Elite Eight. You had all these other ups. Like, it just kind of worked out the way. But still, UNC's an eight seed. So, let's let's chill a little bit here. Villanova against Kansas. The two seed Villanova against one seed Kansas. 6.09 p.m. Eastern, 5.09 p.m. Central Time on TBS. North Carolina, the eight seed against number two seed Duke. 8.49 p.m. Eastern, 7.49 p.m. Central Time on TBS. That is must-see. TV championship game Monday night 9:20 p.m. Eastern 8:20 p.m. Central Time on TBS. All the uh, the Final Four and the uh, championship game on TBS. So I'm gonna go Kansas. I'm gonna I say that with no degree of certainty or confidence whatsoever, and I'm gonna go with South Carolina. Enjoy the Final Four. Enjoy the men's and the women's Final Four. Women's Final Four taking place in Minneapolis. Men's Final Four taking place in Nolens. Uh, so for all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast, appreciate you listening. Next week we'll try and get Matt Zimmer on uh, for some talk about, like I said, the, uh, the the women's run in through the WNIT. They're playing UCLA. We'll see if they win that game. And we'll uh, take it from there. Jeff Lloyd will get on a, a few times throughout the month of April to preview the NFL draft. So looking forward to that. So for Travis and uh, for Travis and myself, uh, Nathan Sacker, thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Travis Krins at Travis Krins. Facebook, Nathan Stacken, the link to the podcast post in the middle to later part of each week. Available on podcast.com and also now available again on iTunes. So for all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast, thank you very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And we hope you enjoy the men's and women's Final Four, and we hope you tune in again next week for another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Enjoy the Final Four, everyone. We'll talk to you next week.